Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. How many of you guys glad to be in the house of God here today? You guys excited about being in God's house? Let me tell you, there's no better place that you could be here today than in God's house. Then we could be here worshiping as a family and declaring these great truths. And you know, this song that we were just singing a moment ago has been an anthem for me in this season. You see, the way that worship works, at least with me, is that there's certain moments, certain seasons that I, that I adopt a song, that it speaks to different things that I'm going through, that I'm living, and it becomes like an anchor, something that I could hold on to during that time. And, and I don't know if you guys caught some of the lyrics, but uh, we were saying about Jesus that he is our shepherd. And we were saying, you're my shepherd, you're my keeper, you're my provider, you're my protector, you surround me, you're in every step I take. Isn't that powerful? I believe you're the goodness, you're the constant. How many need a constant in their life and Jesus is that constant? You're the goodness, you're the constant, you're my first love. And my future, I want you to know that, okay? Your future is hidden in Christ. You surround me, you're in every step I take. I want you to know something, that in every step that you take, He is there with you. I just want to sing this lyrics one more time, because I want you to take a hold of it today in your spirit. I want you to grasp it in your spirit. I really believe God wants to do something. We're in this series called Jesus Is... And we're just declaring a bunch of things that he is, all right? And I declare this over your life. So just take a moment and just close your eyes right there. And let's repeat these words, worship team. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. say it. a reality of who you are, Lord. You are everything to us, my God. And the reason that we're even doing this Jesus is series 
is for us to be remembered who you are and everything that you mean to us, God. You're my future. You're my constant. You're in every step that we take, Lord. You're my provider. You're my protector. You're all these amazing things that we need. And Father, today as we jump into this message, that you would speak into the hearts of everybody that is in this place, everybody that is watching through that camera, and that you would meet every need, my God. You would meet every need. Meet every person exactly where they're at. Because you're mighty enough to do that. You're so powerful that you could do that, my God. You can meet all of us exactly in our point of need and do amazing and wonderful things in our lives. So we honor you and we bless you today. We love you, Jesus. Just tell Jesus you love him right there where you're at. Just tell him, Jesus, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Amen. All right. You guys could open your eyes. <laughs> we could continue doing this. How many of us could continue just doing this and going deeper in the presence of God? Well, let me tell you, this week you can. All right? Because on Wednesday night, we have our Numa night. All right? And it's going to be at 8 o'clock this Wednesday evening. All right? And Numa night is all about this. It's about soaking, about being in God's presence, about not having to worry that we have a second service coming in and we got to rush out. So I want to encourage you, make time this week on Wednesday night. It's going to be so powerful. It's going to be a prophetic night, all right? Uh, we're going to have our good friends, Larry and Helen, sharing uh, from the prophetic on, on Wednesday. So I want to encourage you guys to come, make it out here. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's going to be here. And if the Holy Spirit is here, I want to be where the Holy Spirit is, all right? So don't just say, well, I just go on Sundays. You know what? Show up on Wednesday. I guarantee you, I guarantee you that you're not going to regret it, all right? So this Wednesday night, get the word out, Numa night. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, guys. Can we give it up for these guys that do such an amazing, amazing job and leading us to the presence of God? So just jumping in real quick. In the series that we call Jesus Is, we're talking about who Jesus is. And every week we're looking at different characteristics. And some of the things that we've already knocked down as we've gone. First, we said that he's not a crazy man. He's not a lunatic. He's not a liar. We said that Jesus is Lord. And we looked into that from the scripture. You know, and then we've been talking that, you know, he is all that I need. He is my all. Pastor Max brought that message. And last week I spoke about Jesus being God's anointed. Now today is going to be a little bit of a spinoff, you know, from last week. Because there's some things that I really wanted to say, but time was limited. So I, I wanted to honor time. And today maybe I'm going to jump a little bit, a little more into some of the stuff that we talked about last week. And today's title of the message is Jesus is our healer. Jesus is our healer. Can you say Jesus is my healer? Can you say that? Jesus is my healer. That's important. Let us sink in. Jesus is my healer. All right. You know, in our day and age, you know, when it comes to Christianity, this is one of those points that is very debated. 
It's very debated if, if, if God heals today, if these signs and wonders are for us today. But I want to tell you that I believe it with my whole heart. Because I have seen with my eyes the things that God does. I have seen with my eyes how God heals, how Jesus heals, how He is present even now. You see, last year I came up here and I told the church that I needed prayer for my Aunt Nook. And my Aunt Nook was the one that prayed for me for 10 years. From I was 8 all the way till I was 18, I gave my life to the Lord. That lady not stopped praying for me in all that time. And she had gotten COVID and she got complicated and it got to her lungs and she was uh, intubated and all these different things were going on. And I remember the day that my, my cousin Jan called me and she goes, the doctor is saying that she has about 24 hours to live. Get the church praying. 24 hours to live with the diagnosis. Get the church praying. And you know what we did? I stood up here and I said, guys, we need to pray for my aunt. Let's start praying. Let's start praying. She got people praying all over the world. That girl, if you ever meet my cousin Jan, that lady's a fireball. All right? She's a fireball for Jesus. All right? And we started praying and the 24 hours became 48. The 48 became 72. And all of a sudden... The conditions that the doctor said that she was going to have and that she was going to be bound to, all of a sudden she started to come out of every one of them. And in June last year for summer, I told my wife, I told my, the first place that I want to go this summer, the first visit that I want to do, the, before we go on family vacation, before we do anything, I want to go and spend some time with my Aunt Nook. I want to I be in the presence of a miracle. I want to be in the presence of somebody that was supposed to be gone in 24 hours and is still here. And I could hear them and I could touch them and I could hug them. Because Jesus is our healer. And I want you to see this picture on the screen of my Aunt Nook with the kids. I don't know if I come out in this picture. No, look at that. All right. So that was last June. All right. She had come out of the hospital. She had come out of the assistant living facility where she was at. But the doctor said the following. They said she might not be able to walk again. And she's going to have to be on a respirator for the rest of her life. And my cousin Jan said, no. Mom's going to walk. And mom's going to breathe on her own. She's not going to need that respirator. <laughs> you know what Jan did? She got the prayer warriors going. You know who the prayer warriors are, right? Even Chris Weber on his acceptance speech, he gave thanks to the prayer warriors of his mom's church for him to make it to the NBA Hall of Fame. But anyways, got to thank the prayer warriors. The people started praying. And a few weeks ago, Lillian, which is sitting back there, she's at a woman's conference right around the Lakeland area in Florida, central Florida. And she goes, Pastor, you're not going to believe who's here with me. And I'm like, who is it, Lillian? And she goes, your Aunt Nook. I'm like, what? She's at a prayer conference? And she goes, yeah, she's here. I want you to take a look at this picture that Lillian sent me. Look at my aunt now. Okay? No respirator. Walking on her own. And after this picture, I called her and I go, Aunt Nook, what did he do on Sunday? And she goes, oh, I went to preach. I was preaching at church. I'm like, you better believe it, man. Aunt Nook is like 82, man, and she's preaching. So you guys are going to have me around for a long time. But anyways, that's not today's message. What I'm trying to tell you is that Jesus heals. 
Jesus healed when he walked here on earth physically, and Jesus heals today. Why? Because the Bible says, all right, in Hebrews, and you want to look at a scripture for that, Hebrews 13.8, it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. He's the same today, and he's the same forever. Don't let anybody come and try to change the gospel on you. Don't let anybody try to come and tell you, well, you know, that was only for when the apostles were here and that's not for today. No, I believe it. You see, when I talk to my Aunt Nook, when I ride her, when I touch her, when I hug her, to me it's a testimony that Jesus is still healing, that God is still moving in our day. I, I want you to understand this today because sickness and sin came together into the world. When did sickness come in? When sin came in. When sin came in, sickness came in. But I want you to understand something. Forgiveness and healing also came together. I want you to understand that. Sin and sickness came together. Forgiveness and healing also showed up at the same time. And we're going to dive into this today. Because healing is available the same way forgiveness is available. You know, healing is God's provision for sickness in the body and in the mind. That's what healing is. It's God's provision, okay, for sickness in the body and in the mind. You know, it's amazing because... Back in the times that Jesus walked here on earth, listen to this, look over here. In the Jewish Hebrew culture that he walked in, they had no problem with him healing. He would go about healing people. They had no issue with that. You know what's the issue that they had? With him forgiving sins. Pay attention. When Jesus would forgive people's sins, they were like, who do you think you are to be forgiving people's sins? Do you think you're God? And they would start, you know, they would start ambushing him because he was forgiving sins. But they had no problem with, with healing. Today it's the opposite. We have no problem with forgiveness. Because we know God forgives and we know Jesus forgives and he forgave our sins on the cross. But we have an issue with healing. It swapped. It swapped. And I want to tell you something. Both go hand in hand. Forgiveness and healing go together. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go a little deeper. A lot of times physical healing that we need is attached to forgiveness and issues of the heart that we're dealing with. But it manifests outwardly. Heart disease, cancer. I'm not saying all the time, but I'm saying that I've seen that a lot of physical ailments are tied in to the soul. To lack of forgiveness, to hurt, to wounds that we have in here. So today, what we're going to do in the time that we have is that we're going to dive in into the greatest chapter of healing in the whole Bible. And we're just going to look into about six verses today. All right, now the amazing thing that this chapter on healing was written about 700 years before Jesus even walked on earth. And it was written by the prophet Isaiah. And it was speaking about the things that Messiah was going to do. When the Son of God would come here to earth, when the, when the anointed one of God would show up here on earth, how he would walk, what he would do. 
And then we come to the scripture that is found in Isaiah 53. If you guys could go with me there. Isaiah 53. All right. And uh, today is going to be a little bit different because today I don't have three points for you. All right. Pastor Chris doesn't have. No, there's a couple of different styles of preaching. All right. And there's topical teachings where you take a topic and you break it down into point. But there's also expository preaching where you get a portion of scripture and you break down that portion of scripture and you let that speak unto you. And that's what we're going to do today. Today we're going to break down Isaiah 53, the first five verses and then verse 10. All right. And as we do this, all right, pay attention. This is important. And you guys that are at home, I need all you guys to understand. As you see this, you're going to see the benefits that are found for you and me through what Jesus suffered on his way to the cross. The blessings that we receive through his sacrifice. How that sacrifice heals us from every disease and from every infirmity. So Isaiah 53, 1 through 5, it says this. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness. And when we see him, there's no beauty that, should, that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. And then verse 10, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put on him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper his hand. What an amazing portion of scripture. All right. So we're going to start by looking at verse one here. All right. And verse one starts off by saying, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report? We're going to dive into some original words from the Hebrew in which was this passage was written. All right. And when it says here, who has believed the word believe, okay, is a word in Hebrew that is aman instead of amen. Okay. Amen has an A-M-E-N. Aman is A-M-A-N. And what that word really means, okay, is who is believing this message? Who has said, I believe this? God is looking for people that will believe this message. You see, what did God say in the Bible? All things are possible to those that believe. A lot of times the issue that we have, church, is an issue of faith and an issue of belief. So what the scripture is saying, who has believed 
our message. Who is saying, Lord, I partner up with, with this message? I, I come in agreement with what you're saying here. I come in agreement that all things are possible for you. And then in verse 2, okay, it says, He has no form or majesty that we should look upon him or appearance that we should desire him. I want you to know that that's when Jesus was on the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, people would pass by and they couldn't even tell what it was. He was so beaten down. He was so broken. That when people would look at what was hanging on the cross, it didn't even look, it didn't have the appearance of a man, according to the scripture. That's how beat up he was. You know that when you look at the crucifixion scientifically, scientists can't even believe that he made it to the cross. Because he should have died from the beatings that he took beforehand. Then forget about carrying the cross. And then forget about getting the nails and, and all these other things that were going on. He should have been dead long ago. So when the scripture says he has no form or majesty that we would look upon him, nor appearance that we should desire him, what it's saying is, why do I want that? And I want to tell you something this morning, church. A lot of times, look over here, what God has to offer you, a lot of times that's our position. Why do I want that? Why do I want what God is giving me? Why do I want what God is offering me? Why do I need that in my life? You see, especially young people that I see here. I see a lot of young people here this morning. I remember when I was young, I felt that God was going to come and ruin what I wanted to do in my life. Anybody thought that? The older crowd that is here, how many of you guys thought God was going to come and ruin your plans? Come on, say amen to that. Who has believed our message? <laughs> I was like, God is going to come, and I have all these ideas, and I have all these plans and everything. He says, hey, nope, you're going to have to live in church. And you can't do this, and you can't do that. And I was like, man, what a boring life. Why do I want that? So what it's saying is that as people would see Jesus, they would say, I don't need that. I don't want that. And then we get to verse 3. It says, He is despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Okay, we're going to break this down. Okay, despised, despised. Okay, acquainted with grief. You know what it means? What it means is that he was familiar with sickness. He was familiar with sickness. The word in Hebrew is he was a, a familiar with sickness and affliction. Actually, okay, this word appears over a hundred times in the Old Testament. And the word despised always goes together with sickness a hundred times in Scripture in the Old Testament. He was acquainted with grief. He knew what was to deal with sickness. And in that moment when he was on the cross, let me tell you something. The sins of the world were upon him. The sickness of everybody. Pay attention, church. From the history of humanity. Right now there's over 7 billion people on earth. Soon we're going to reach 8 billion. But not the ones that are on earth now. No. Every sin that has happened since the beginning of humanity. From Adam to the last person that will ever live before Jesus comes back. All that was upon him. That's crazy. 
And then verse 4 says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. All right? The word grief that appears here, okay, is the word koli, K-O-L-I, all right? And it means disease in its purest form. Disease in his fears form. He bore it. Okay. He bore it. Okay. What it means is that he carried away. He carried away disease in his purest form, church. Okay. This is important that you understand. Okay. He did not relieve it. He took it away. He took it far away. According to that scripture, all right, the moment that Jesus was dying on the cross, okay, he wasn't giving you, okay, relief for a moment. He was taking away your sin and he was taking away your disease at the, at, at the root point. He was taking it away for it to be gone forever. And then the word sorrows, okay, is the word in the Hebrew, makov, M-A-K-O-V, which means pain. All right, means pain. Why is that important, guys? Because some sicknesses have no pain, but they're still there. And if he bore, okay, only our sickness, all right, it might have not included pain, but he wanted to make sure that he took care of what? Of the pain and that he took care of the sickness. Why? Because Jesus is our Healer. And that word, listen to this, very important, also in the Hebrew includes mental anguish, feelings, and, and affections. So not only was he healing you physically, but mentally. You know that one of the greatest issues we've had now with the whole pandemic and everything has been mental health. And we hear about mental health now more than ever. And you hear about, you know, people committing suicide, harming themselves, doing this, doing that. And they always attach it to what? To mental health. Well, let me tell you, Jesus paid for that. For that you could be whole mentally. So that your thoughts can be taken captive to Christ. So that you wouldn't be a slave to whatever the enemy puts in your mind. Let me tell you something, and this is important what I'm going to say. This is very important, okay? The enemy will throw a temptation your way. You decide if you're going to act upon that or not. God wants to take us to a level that we believe the Scripture and what He has spoken over us, that when He comes in, we can fight it off with God's Word. You guys understand what I'm saying? If we don't have God's word in us, we're not going to be able to fight off when he comes and he puts these things and say, you know what? You're not loved. You're not good enough. You're ugly. You're this. You're that. You're horrible. Or you're going to die of sickness. Your dad died of cancer. Your grandfather died of cancer. You're going to die of cancer. If you don't have God's word in you, you're not going to be able to fight that off. But when I have God's word and I understand that he died for my sickness, but not only for my sickness, but also for my mental health. When those thoughts come, I say, hold on, I'm not going to take hold of these thoughts. I'm going to take my thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. And I partner up with God's word and not with what these thoughts are telling me. It's a battle. 
But you know you have the victory in Jesus, church. You know you have the victory in Jesus. That's why I love when John looks at Jesus, he says, Hey, behold the Lamb of God, listen, that takes away the sins of the world. Doesn't just deal with them for a moment. Doesn't just give you relief for a moment. No, he takes them away. Takes them away. He, he removes them. And, the, and, and I love because the Apostle Matthew, you know, the writer of the first epistle in the New Testament, he uses the scripture in Isaiah as a reference to what Jesus was doing when he was ministering. Matthew 8, verse 16 and 17. Let's look at that real quick. It says, That evening they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons, and he cast out the spirits with a word. I love it, Larry, because he didn't start fighting with them. Just one word, and they were out. One word, they were out. And he healed all who were sick. Now listen what Matthew says. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took our illness and bore our diseases. So Isaiah says, this that you see Jesus is doing is fulfilling what was written 700 years ago about him. He's referring to what? To physical healing. He's referring to what? To mental healing. He healed all that were sick. Why? Because Isaiah said that he, the Messiah would do that. Now let's go back to Isaiah 53, verse 5. This is where I wanted to get to. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement, the word chastisement is punishment. The punishment for our, sin, for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Okay, so he was wounded. He was wounded. He was wounded for what? For our transgressions. Now the Bible will talk about transgressions, iniquities, and sins. And all these three are all bad. All right? Transgressions, iniquities, and sins. And a lot of times you'll see, you know, David will talk about his iniquities, and then he'll talk about his transgression, and then another psalm will talk about the sins. Transgressions, all right, have to do with the acts of sin. Transgression is the manifestation of sin, when you act upon sin. This is what the Bible calls transgression. Well, listen, he was wounded for our transgression. He was wounded for the acts of sins that we were going to commit. They were atoned for. They were paid by him. And then it says bruised. He was bruised. He was bruised for what? For our iniquities. Iniquities, guys, pay attention, is what in the heart. What lies in the heart. What's in the inside. You know, there's pain that sometimes is so bad that it's not seen outside, but there's a bruise. You see the bruise. Have you ever seen somebody with a bruise before? You don't know what happened, but you know that person suffered some sort of trauma. Because you can see the bruise. You can see the purple. You can see the green. You say, something happened to that person. They got hit. They got punched. You know, when you see a kid all of a sudden with something here, you know, as a school, we immediately need to find out if something happened at home, what's going on. Because bruises show up on the outside. Something that happened inside comes out on the outside. Why is that important? 
Because Jesus wants to heal, look over here, those things that no one sees that happened to you, that affected you, that left you bruised, that left you broken, that left you doubting God. If God was good, why did this happen? Why do I carry around this bruise every time they touch me? Ow! Have you ever had a bruise before? You know, one of the worst bruises when you get a bruise here on your chin, man. When you play football, you get those. You get a bruise here and all of a sudden you touch. It's like, ah, man. Oh, let me tell you what the scripture says. That Jesus was bruised for our iniquity, for what's in the heart, for the things that people don't see. When Jesus was hit. You see, the Bible says that they took not only the whips, and they we're going to look into that in a second, but they took sticks, and they would beat him on the head with those sticks, and they put the crown of thorns in trying to beat him in. And every time he was being bruised, it's because God wanted to give us relief from the things that we have in here. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. And a lot of times we just come and we do church. We come and we play cute. And we think that this is all about just being good and smiling and this and that. And we don't understand what it took for us to get here. We don't understand what it took God for us to get here. We don't understand what Jesus bore on his flesh for you and me to get here. And for me to be able to say, I am healed in Jesus' name and no sickness could touch my body. You don't know what that took. So when you say, man, I am healed in Jesus' name, you better believe that. And don't doubt it. Do you know the price for that? And I love it because it says the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The punishment of our peace. What does that mean, Pastor? The deliverance from the curse. The deliverance from the curse was bought by him. The whole world, the whole earth was under a curse. People ask me, why did these things happen, Pastor? Why do good things, bad things happen to people? Why are there hurricanes? Why are there earthquakes? Why are there a war going on right now in Ukraine and babies dying and this and that? It's because of sin. Sin entered the world and the world was bound to sin. The scripture says that the punishment for our peace was upon him. The moment that Jesus died on that cross and he resurrected, you know what happened? There's a deliverance from that curse. And you and I now have the decision if we want to live under the effects of the curse or we want to shake ourselves out of those effects. They're all around us. They're all around us. 
But according to this verse, church, redemption is complete. Why is redemption complete, pastor? Because according to this verse, there's peace with God. There's peace with God. There's peace with God. The moment that we have peace with God, it is complete. We're no longer enemies. We're no longer slaves. There's peace with God. We have peace with God. But it doesn't end there. There's something more. It says, and by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, by his lashes. Forty lashes Jesus took upon him. And every time that there's sickness upon your body, my kids know before we go to the doctor, we pray in Jesus' name. Before we put any medicine into their system, we pray in Jesus' name and we declare, by his stripes, you are healed. I believe healing was given through his stripes. So today, if anyone is sick, I could stand here and pray and say, hey, because of what Jesus went through, I declare healing over you. Healing is one of the fruits of redemption. Healing is one of the fruits of redemption. I want to start closing this. Because in verse 10, it says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Listen to this, church. Look over. It pleased God to bruise Jesus. What father would it please him to bruise his kid? Mike, I, I love the pictures you put about your son, man. That kid eats the most amazing food, bro. Sometimes I, I wish I was your son, bro. <laughs> if I eat like that, man, I'm like, man, I want Mike to adopt me. <laughs> you imagine, Mike, the love that you have for your son, you willfully bruising him? No father, no parent in the right mind would do that. But it says here that it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Bro, I hate grief. When things go a little crazy in my house, everybody's like, I hate it. I like peace. I like quiet. I like peace. I like quiet. But sometimes when you have a lot of, you know, moving parts and kids and stuff like that, and one gets hurt and the dog bites them, and something happens, and all of a sudden there's, there's craziness, you know. There's grief. And God says in this scripture that he put Jesus to grief. You make his soul an offering for sin. And pay attention. Now it's the other side. He, talking about God, shall see his seed. He shall see his seed. Who is the seed? Who is the seed? Us. Jesus went through all that so that God could see the seed or the fruit. Of Jesus going through all that. In other words, I'm not going to put Jesus through all that and not see fruit. Oh, there better be some fruit coming out of this. And you know what the Bible says? He shall see his seed. And listen, and he shall prolong his days. Oh, wait a moment. Didn't he die through all this? What do you mean that his days will be prolonged? 
Could it be talking that after going through all that, he's still going to live? Isn't that so powerful? He's still going to live. That's not going to take him down. Something's going to happen. There's a resurrection around the corner. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper his hand. The pleasure of the Lord shall prosper his hand. That's us, church. So today, as we sit here, and we think about forgiveness, and we think about healing, I want you to know that they go hand in hand. You receive forgiveness in your soul for your sins, or you can receive also healing for your brokenness. They both came in through sin. You both, you receive both the deliverance from that through what Jesus did on the cross. So if you need forgiveness today, what do I tell you? Come to Jesus. If you need healing today, what do I tell you? Come to Jesus. If you need anything in your soul, what do I tell you? Come to Jesus. And I want to close with this phrase. Sin, death, and sickness have passed from you to Calvary. Salvation and healing and deliverance have passed from Calvary down to you. Amen? I want you to close your eyes right there where you're at for a moment. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what does this all mean? What does this all mean to me? How can I take a hold of this message, Jesus, that you are my healer? How can I take a hold of that now, Holy Spirit? Ask the Holy Spirit right there where you're at. And just take a moment.
just worship him right there where you're at. Tell him he's worthy. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. close and head bowed. The Bible says that Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Before this world was ever founded, Jesus had already been crucified. And you're like, Pastor, how did that happen? In the heart of the Father and in the heart of the Son, this is a conversation that had taken place already in eternity past. Before it ever happened in time, it already had happened in their hearts. And why did that happen? It happened for you and for me. So that you and I could enter into this relationship with God. You see, sin did not catch him by surprise. He knew we were going to sin. But he wanted to make sure that there was a pathway back to him. And today, here in this place, we're watching through that camera. There's a pathway back to God. If you are bearing today the weight of your sins, if today you're here and you're dealing with all this shame and guilt and pain and all these different things that might be in your heart, that you're like, there's no way God will take me like this. I want to tell you that if you come to Jesus, there's forgiveness for you in that name. There's forgiveness for you in the name of Jesus. And today, if you invite him into your life and you receive him as your Lord and your Savior, the Bible says that your sins are forgiven and you enter into a relationship as a son or daughter of God. And he starts working inside of you. So now you don't try to do things to please God because you're forcing it. No, now it will be God in you. And the Bible says that Christ in you is the hope of glory. So today you're here and you're like, Pastor, how do I do that? I want to lead you in a prayer. Whether you're watching, you're here. I'm going to lead you in a prayer where you ask God for forgiveness and you invite Jesus Christ into your life. So you pray this with me right now and say, Lord Jesus, say, Lord Jesus I want to thank you. I want to thank you for dying, dying to pay for my sins. To pay for my sins. Today I receive you. Today I receive you. My Lord and my Savior, I ask you for forgiveness for everything that I've done. 
But I know that in your sacrifice, I find complete forgiveness. So I take a hold of that right now. And Jesus, I declare you are my Lord and my Savior. And I ask you that you would take me by the hand into the arms of my Heavenly Father. And that from now on, your Holy Spirit will fill my heart. My heart. And that I can live for the purposes that you have for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. And we all say, Let's put our hands together for the Lord Church today. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.